people deluded i'm back again welcome back to another edition of the deluded podcast as usual it means the world that you lot are back here again um yeah man obviously if you're just tuning in for the first time welcome i'd like to congratulate you for taking this strong step of becoming part of the dg nation um obviously i do up this podcast stuff but primarily on youtube crap load of content on youtube so if you you know if you don't know that i do youtube and you've just found out about me via spotify and these sort of apps and these things make sure you check out everything and you know you're sporting the thing all over but um, as usual, thank you very much for tuning back in. And I've got some topics to speak about, people. Something of nothing, quite diverse. But let's crack on. First and foremost, uh, in fact, before I start, just in case you don't know yet, do you know I build my topics from the start of the week? So, like, obviously, when you're on the BBC's, the skies, and just the general talking points in the game, um, in the game, people at all levels. I'll be, you know, adding that to the list to speak about on Friday. Um, someone in my Q&A asked, how do I create my content or something? So I thought I could answer that. But moving forward, one of the things that caught my attention during the week is that FIFA's task force in charge of the revamp of the loan system um, is to hold its latest meeting on Monday, which has just gone. So obviously this is an old headline. Um, apparent, apparently, um Apparently, the Premier League wrote to all member clubs last week, offering them an opportunity to submit any concerns and requests with new rules coming in to play next season. The existing laws on moves between Premier League sides remains unchanged for now, but international loans are, are to be limited to six in and six out following a two-year transitional period, eight in 2021, seven in 2022 season and six from the 2022 season to 23 onwards loans for under 21 players who have spent three consecutive years at a club between 15 and 12 face no restrictions <coughs> apologies people but there'll be a maximum of three loans between any two clubs so obviously the first thing you look at um you look at what chelsea have with vitesse and people like that that would obviously be at a disadvantage per se and obviously a bit of that is obviously to stop what people call hoarding and essentially people trafficking of players you obviously you see a lot of players um go on loan at many clubs or some players are just trapped in loan systems every club's premier league team has had them there's been players that you know have played for your club but they've just gone on loan they've never been about there's all different financial reasons and other reasons behind players coming into the club as silly as it sounds especially with the young players and people that come from nations where it's a, it's a work permit thing they're not always coming with the interest in mind to be a professional footballer for that club sometimes you know there's clubs out there that um I don't want to name names, but, you know, there's certain clubs out there that have a club in England, club in Australia, America, all continents. There's some players that are just brought to be part of that group and you'll be farmed out wherever um, it will take you. So obviously a lot of that is to aim, to aim to stop it. Obviously, it probably hurts clubs that genuinely make use of the loan system and utilise it in a good manner, um, people, because we can't always look at it under 21s level or um, from a Premier League looking to loan out players and whatnot. Um so I'm interested to see what, what these laws, how it affects everyone really. FIFA went on to say it's aiming to prevent player hoarding and ensure that loans have a valid sporting performance for youth development as opposed to commercial exploitation, which is basically what I've just said. And it said, the athletic, this is from the athletic, said this could be problematic for the likes of Chelsea, City, Watford, Brighton and Hove Albion and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Wolves obviously with agents coming in, Chelsea and City have a lot of players everywhere. Watford, you know, they've it's the owners of that club have a couple of teams and they utilize that very well. So it is what it is. A number of sides, however, including Liverpool, want the under 21 exemption raised by two years to cover homegrown players who develop later and need to get first team experience. And that's an interesting one because obviously, homegrown it doesn't necessarily always mean English naturals, nationals. Um, Liverpool have a couple of players that they utilise at 23's level, potentially not going to have a future. But if they raise the age by a couple of years, you see how you could you, gaps could be pulled in the side. And I think Liverpool's one is interesting and they've got a fair point. So I'm interested to see what happens in that regards, folks. But moving away from that, um, I saw an article that said West Ham staying in the Premier League is an absolute necessity after posing financial losses of 27.26 million despite spending more than 130 million on transfers and 214.4 on such in the last few four years people 
they are only above the Premier League drop zone on goal difference at the time of making this. And obviously they lost to Liverpool yesterday, so it hasn't got much better. The accounts for the year to for the year to thirty first of, of May of last year showed the backing the club gave to former manager Pellegrini. He was obviously sacked in December and replaced by David Moyes. Retention of our status in the 2019-20 season is an absolute necessity for the future well-being of the club, West Ham said. The club say there will be serious financial consequences should they be relegated into the championship. Ironically, these statements, along with an expansive note from joint owner David Sullivan, were written in October when the club was pushing for a place in the top four. And obviously now, again, people... I felt them. I felt like them comments were said yesterday or today, people. But you see how how crazy it is. Um, obviously, financial mu- rules, however, mean that they cannot be changed. Despite West Ham's sharp downturn in fortunes, the club's turnover rose 8.75 percent. Wages rose 28 percent um, after a spending sp- after a spending spree that saw the Hammers sign Lucas Fabianski, Jack Wilshere, Issa Diop. Yamalenko and Felipe Anderson among others since the end of last season West Ham smashed their club record as you know on Sebastian Haller in a deal that could cost them 45 million he was obviously doing his thing in the Bundesliga but at the time of writing this in 22 games he's only found the back of the net six times um, so it could show West Ham's mismanagement at all levels and just downright misspending people um so we'll have to say we have to see. Interestingly, they paid just over three million to rent the London Stadium. Um, apparently, that that figure could be halved if they're relegated. Um, apparently, West Ham are paying the price for disastrous recruitment of Pellegrini and his ally Mario Hulus, who have now left the club allegedly. Moving away from that and focusing on sporting things and things that actually matter, people. Apparently, Alexis Sanchez will return from a loan spell in Italy and make a success of his Manchester United career, said Oli Golisolsha. He said he spoke about Alexis Sanchez proving people wrong. As you lot know, he left Manchester United in the summer in 45 games. He only bagged five times after joining from Arsenal in 2018. Um, He's obviously, at the time and probably still is technically, Manchester United's um, highest earner on the book on around 400,000 a week and obviously at 31 he you know him and his agent have done the race they've done the jug people because he's played oh he's only played a handful of times at Inter Milan he's not playing but his financial future for right now is sorted that United contract whenever it's done he's still riding that um you see what I'm saying not only have they messed up in terms of his age but no one wants to take him like he he's living people and Oli's probably just saying that, Carl, what more can you say? It is what it is in that regards, people. And he's only bagged in seven appearances for Inter Milan, one goal, and yeah, he's getting rubbed out. Moving away from that, and it was FA Cup weekend slash FA Cup um, day for us on Monday, FA Cup Monday. Um, Tranmere Rovers got smacked up against Manchester United 6-0 on one horrible pitch. Obviously, I was doing bowing watch. I can't say his name, but that lad at Wolves, that lad that plays for Hull, Chelsea obviously won 2 1 in that game. West Brom claimed a 1 0 victory over West Ham on, on well, last Saturday. And obviously, West Ham, we'll speak about the Prem, but West Ham lost to Liverpool and they've lost the FA Cup. It's not been decent. Purely staying with the theme of the FA Cup, and Manchester City won 4 0 against Fulham. And Tim Ream, I watched that game, getting red cards very early on. He kind of put them up against it. Obviously, Shrewsbury Town, have for wonderful for them, they get to travel to Anfield, people. And that's what the FA Cup's about. Good day out for their fans, their people, them. Obviously, they take a little share of the gate receipts. It would have been better if they went to Anfield and then had a replay of sorts. But is what it is, man. And it's a night, it's a, it's a day out for these professional footballers, man. Because no disrespect to them, Shrewsbury Town, man. That'll probably be the biggest stadium, the biggest game they play of their lives. And, you know, that might sound silly to people, but that's a highlight. That's something to tell the grandkids. And for those that might laugh and scoff at this, I have to say fair play to you for laughing. But what have you done with your life? This is what the FA Cup's about, man. And I, I do hear what people say in, reg- in, re- in regards to getting rid of replays, people. I get what managers say, but from a football point of view... I think it keeps, I know at all levels from grassroots to Prem, listen, the honest football fan is being milked and it's, we're just moving away from what football is about, the working class man or individual. But it's days like this that kind of give, you know, these players something, the fans something, Disney Channel sort of stuff. Um, 
so it is well is in that regards people i don't think i have it here but i'm sure spurs and southampton drew and they're obviously playing they drew 1-1 and they'll face each other on wednesday at spurs's ground which is annoying because now the trains are going to get messed up and rush hour for me living in north london just got 10 times harder so thank you spurs and southampton for not deciding that game um sooner so shout out to you guys arsenal obviously claimed a 2-1 victory people now again Go on my YouTube, I've spoken about this, it's been all gone. In short, you see what the young G's are on. Martinelli assists, Saka goal, Joel Willett bossing it through the middle, Gwendozi bossing it in the middle. Do you see what I'm saying? Bournemouth were appalling in that game in the first half. They gave themselves too much to do. But yeah, man, Mustafi, obviously his, his injury looks a bit more positive now. But he he's moving like a real centre-half against Bournemouth played into our hands. They really flattered us too much in that first half, people. Obviously, it was I saw a bit more game management to try and see out the 2-0 win. Obviously, we conceded and whatnot, so it shows there's a lot to go. But so far, so good. And we now have a trip to Portsmouth to await us, people. I believe. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, Coventry and Birmingham drew nil nil. New drew nil nil. So I'm actually not sure if that's been the replay already or if they've got to do their thing. Um, but there's that. Sheffield United beat Millwall two goals to nil. Reading and Cardiff drew one one. Norwich defeated Burnley two goals to one. Buendia was doing all right in that game. Portsmouth beat four. Um, beat bought Barnsley. What's going on with my speech? Portsmouth won 4-2 against Barnsley people, so they shown they can score goals. We need to be careful. Derby and Northampton Town drew 0-0. Sheffield Wednesday and QPR, it was a 2-1 to Sheffield United. Sheffield Wednesday, sorry. Brentford lost 1-0 like you saw to Leicester, and it was just a golfing class really in that game. Newcastle and Oxford United drew 0-0. Um, I'm sure you all watched the Cat Yarabel Cup, and it's now we've now seen that it's Aston Villa versus Man City at Wembley in the first outing at Wembley. Obviously, we'd love our underdog to win. You probably expect Manchester City to win that game by quite a lot. Obviously, United won the game technically 1-0. Their goal scorer, Matic, forgive me if I'm wrong, got sent off. Was it a red card? I'm not going to get into it, but football's moving a bit mad. I think it is, and I think it's soft at the same time. Um, Martial had a stinker, and he really needs to fix it, fix up and buck up his ideas. We'll get on to that. Um, Villa did a drill against Leicester, boy. They did a drill. Grealish is turning up. Be, it'd be a shame if he doesn't get into the England side. They're pulling it together. Obviously, they're fighting relegation, but a day out at Wembley, you can't fault that, man. They deserve it, really and truly. Um, shout out to United's Fred as well because he's not amazing but he's been one of the only players with some consistency and obviously from a rival fan he was easy to poke fun at Brazilian but his name's Fred 52 million and he, he ain't shown nothing and I don't think there's much to him but I think he's con he's been consistent in what he's been doing people um, so yeah obviously there's nothing to speak about in relation to the Premier League because that's been and gone um, at least in terms of the results but focusing on the coming the upcoming week Leicester welcome Chelsea at their place. Come on, Leicester, do a job against Chelsea. That's in the 12.30 kickoff. Now, for me, that's a good game. The way it is, you you know, that's a top four clash. You probably lean towards Leicester a bit more. Chelsea need to start winning. Not away away from Lampard and the question marks. He's got the players. If they want top four, if they don't get top four this season, then that might have not necessarily it might have been the objective, not um a reality at the start in August. But if they if they don't get it, they fumbled it. Chelsea would have to blame themselves because they were running away with that position. Um, so they're going to need to get three points. It's essentially a six-pointer between them two sides. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to watch it, but Crystal Palace versus Sheffield United. I'm keen to see the highlights of that game. Sheffield United travel away to Palace. That should be a juicy game. Bournemouth and Villa, relegation six-pointer through similar circumstances, but different to um, previously mentioned Leicester and Chelsea game. Villa, they are at Wembley, that's all good, but if you get relegated, it really counts for nothing. Can they technically be in the Europa League and in the Championship, people? I'm sure we've been down that road before as football fans, but I don't know. Um, I don't know, so I'm not saying that's the case, but... Either way, a day out at Wembley is all fun and games, people. But at the same time, you've got to stay in the league. Whether it's the financial gains, whether it's from a sporting and a club um, purpose, if they be believe they should stay in the Prem or they belong in the Prem, that's neither here nor there. Bournemouth have been woeful. Yes, um, they've they they did they not get three points in their last in their last Premier League game, but they've still been quite poor. Um, so we'll see what happens. Newcastle and Norwich, decent little game, looking forward to that. West Ham need to start getting wins together. They welcome Brighton to their place. 
Watford and Everton square off. Um, I don't know how that game's going to go. It seems like United and Wolves are playing each other every week. And Wolves away to at Old Trafford to United is always a funny game. Obviously, United are probably hoping that Bernardo um, Fernandez, guy formerly of Sport in Lisbon, new signing, starts or plays some capacity. As you all would, as a football fan, wanting a new player in your team. Um, the big one on Sunday after, well, we'll get on to the best team in the world. We'll save them till last. But Manchester City travelled to North London to face off against Spurs. That's a juicy game as a neutral. And I'm sure Spurs are full of nerves. City don't really, they have, obviously, they need to win. There's more question marks asked if City don't win. The league's gone. The Champions League's neither here nor there right now. They owe it to themselves to finish as high as they can. Um... Pardon me, but Spurs should kind of, for me, if I'm Spurs, kind of take that mental handbrake off. City have dropped many points this season, but pardon me, by their own standards. So they should think they should get, they could get something. Midfield is going to be the crucial battle. Of course, I, I back City to win. Of course, I want City to win. Let me touch wood so I ain't jinxing, jinxing nothing, but it is what it is. I'm hoping Danny Ings can come back to haunt Liverpool and, and make them lose a game. Uh, you know, they beat, they won their two games in hand. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Or their last two Premier League games where they didn't actually need to be at their best. Hopefully, Danny Ings can end their invincible record. But Liverpool welcomed Southampton. And Liverpool are not losing any games. But Liverpool's record specifically at Anfield is amazing. So, it's probably a myth for Southampton. Southampton have turned an obvious corner. Because at one point, I don't think they'll go down. Um, but at one point, it looked like they were certain to go down. They were losing 9-0 and all them thing there. But credit to the fans. For still sticking behind their players, credit to the manager for um, for you know changing things. The players for you know stop stop feeling sorry for themselves and moving forward. Um, so that could be a tougher game than Liverpool might expect, but you'd imagine Liverpool will not have to be at more than anything than sixty percent to beat that. Again, it's the Premier League. You need to respect everybody. Obviously, it's the Van Dyke derby. Former teams don't really mean much, but it is what it is in that regards. Um, speaking of Liverpool and their manager Klopp doing lip service has said he doesn't feel as anything is done despite his side reaching 70 points before the end of January and obviously with that moving 19 points clear at the top of the Premier League table he has said I'm only happy about the three points tonight was a normal performance I have no idea if anyone will catch us the first target is to get the maximum points there are still a lot of games yes we have 70 points an incredible lumber but anything can happen I'm not too much concerned about records. We had a record at Dortmund and Bayern Munich beat it the next season. We don't feel as though anything is done. I promise you, we need to take a deep breath and then Saturday at Southampton. Now, obviously, a lot of that is true, people. Now, privately, he's telling his players, like they saw when, when they had a good season but City still picked them, it's not done until it's done. No complacency. Obviously, some natural complacency will get there. And to be good, to a reason, when you're like Liverpool and you're believing in yourself, complacency isn't necessarily a bad thing when you're playing with a swagger. But listen, I can guarantee you, obviously I can't, but Klopp, them players, they're within touching distance. They feel it, they're dreaming about it. But at the same time, complacency. It's not done until the thing's in your hand. That's their mentality. Obviously, Klopp is not going to... I do think he's more stressed about the situation but more relaxed um, in regards to what he says to his coaching staff and players obviously he's going to come out in the public and say this he's not going to say yeah it's wrapped up and blah 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 um, and all the least sort of things and um, people but we all know realistically they are running away with that and there's not much they can, much anyone could do to stop them like i said let's just hope that they don't do the invincible thing um so moving away from that people um, rather sad news really and truly Jack Wilshere quickly people Jack Wilshere has had a hernia operation um, and in which is in which is essentially another setback for the um, West Ham midfielder there is actually no time scale on his return since signing from Arsenal in 18 months he's only made 16 appearances so there's no way around it from a personal point of view he's played he's won FA Cups he's played for Arsenal and he's played for the team he supported growing up West Ham as shown by a lot of pitches but it's been it's not worked out from at West Ham. It's sad because again I don't think even a fit Wilshere goes to the Euros. The ability is one thing, but I just don't think he goes. But it's sad, really. It's like he can't get a ironically his last two seasons at Arsenal he relatively stayed fit, but it's still injuries and he's been robbed of a career. Personally, I know he'll still want to play for a couple of years and rightly so. Um I can't lie, people. I would 
urge him to jump on the coaching thing, man. Cause I think he'll be a good coach. He's played under Wenger. He's an England cap. He's, you know, he's been that young player where people hype you up and build you. He's already doing his coaching badges. Maybe, you know, not becoming that player. Sometimes it's sad, but it's written like that. Sometimes as a player, you might not reach that milestone. And that, that thing there might give you the drive to be able, become a Premier League winning manager. I think Jack Wilshere has got a lot to offer this game from a coaching perspective. And I, I'm not saying he's going to be Pep Guardiola and the Guzman and all of these things. Um, um, not um, Pep Guardiola and these man, but I think he should look at Naguzman. Naguzman's in his early thirties. It's done, like, and the way football is now, Wilshere gets his head down, does a little year in the academy. You know, football's mad. He could be managing in the Prem. Do you get it? Lampard was doing that punditry until how long ago? People, a year or two years, however long at Derby. Boom, man's managing Chelsea again. Do you see it? It's not the back. The days are gone, rightly or wrongly, where you retire, you earn your stripes in a League Two. You might get a little experience in a League One Championship. You get a prem move. You do a couple of prem moves, and then obviously, this example don't make sense. But then the Uniteds and the top teams might come for you because you've paid your stripes. Now people are just, you know, you're straight there, isn't it? Like it is what it is. Um, I, it sucks for Wilshere because he's one of my favourite players, really, in the modern game. But he's just, he's, he's just been robbed of a career, man. It's yeah, man, that 19, that seven, that 18, 19 year old, however old he was playing against Barcelona, it's, it's sad, man. Like, if someone was to say that night, this is how it's going to pan out. It's sad, man, it's sad. I love Jack Wilshere, and he will be remembered because he's a decent player, and he's won an FA Cup, and these things there, but. Yeah, man, if you're naming Arsenal's legends and Arsenal's best 11s and these things, some, Jack Wilshere had the potential to be in all of them, but he's not, sadly. Um. That doesn't mean he's not a fan favourite, he's not a favourite member. And like I said, I still love him. It's a bittersweet one whenever you mention Wilshere. It's sad that throughout his career now and when he retires and obviously when his kids grow up and able to comprehend their dad, when someone says Jack Wilshere, it is synonymous with injuries, people. And it's sad. And these and I, I think, regardless of what you say, I think he's got great mental strength to keep coming back time and time again from these L's people man like you gotta think about it because you must be thinking woe is me if you keep working hard new physios different regimes all the surgery and it and it, and it you know he's still getting injured it is what it is in that regards but moving away from that Anthony Martial I think he's got a lot of potential and he's a decent player he's actually done well this season as he got 12 goals in all competitions he's hit eight in the league Sadly, since um, the turn of the year, um, ironically, with Rashford not being there, like a lot of United fans would probably mention, um, he's only found the back of the net once. And he's at that age now. He's been at United for a while. He needs to come up a level because when I think of Martial and his potential, he is someone that should be in the French side and someone that's a talisman of United. The ability is there, but ability is just ability. You could argue there's pre Premier League players, I'm not going to name them, that he's got more ability in. But the key word is application. He is very hot and cold. I think he gets a bit of a bad rep through, you know, he's got a bit of that Mesut Ozil thing in that people, you know, might not see him smiling and he's, he's criticised for work rate. And a lot of these things are valid. I think he also he does need to look in the mirror because he's he needs to ask himself... Does he want to be good? Does he just want to live as a footballer? Okay, you've played for United, you've been capped by France, you've had a good career. Um, or do you want to be a great player? Do you want to be remembered? Do you want to leave your own personal footprint in, in football? That's the stage he's at in his career. Um, I think what's harmed him as well is obviously he looks more like a winger now. There's obviously always until it works for him, the talk of playing up front. I think in hindsight, what hasn't helped him is that move from Lyon to Monaco, when Monaco were doing the money thing, so it weren't really a development thing. He then went to United, where it's not, again, it's not a development thing. Shout out to Louis van Gaal, because he was developing him. But he's not really been taught, really and truly. He's just, he's just been someone people have looked at with a lot of potential. And really, he should be, you know, when you're speaking of Mbappe and, and all of these guys, I'm not saying he's better than him, but based on... How he was spoken of from the age of 14 really he should be up there so he's got to ask himself people um and he, he really needs to pull it out people he needs to man i do think there's a risk of being a scapegoat i do think there's a thousand more problems at united than anthony martial but um it is what it is in that regards people like darren fletcher has put summed it up so well he's getting to that age where he's not young anymore we need to start seeing the finished article the talent is there the ability is there I do think he suits being a number nine. I think he prefers to be an out-and-out -out striker. We do need to see a little bit more from him getting involved in the game. He holds the ball up well. He's strong. He can make things happen. 
I think we've seen it in spells, but we need to see him do what Rashford was doing and doing it consistently. And there's a lot of truth in relation to that, people. Like, he, if the men want to see it more consistently, consistently, they want to see it more consistently. And I think the, the ability is there, man. I don't think he's a natural finisher in that. I think Greenwood's born to score goals. I think Martial's a good player. I don't think he's a natural finisher. So I do think there's a lot of work to be done. But I think the ability is there. But potential is just potential. We've all got potential in football and life. It's about realising that. And I think with today's day and age, this word potential is thrown around and allows people too much leeway and puts play sometimes unrealistic expectations on players because obviously Martial should be better but sometimes it's how the cookie crumbles Martial might have just this is his level sort of thing but because of people gassing the thing and Ballon d'Or and all of these things um, they expect much better and again I'm not saying you, you, you lost sensible to get at where I'm going with that but I like him as a football I'd like him to improve moving away from that as well people apparently Mohamed Salah could miss the start of the Premier League season next year with a potential call up to Tokyo for the 2020 well next season sorry for the 2020 Olympics the coach of the under 23s of his nation Egypt has made it clear he intends to call up Salah as one of three overage players and rightly so now Salah would have a difficult decision to make it's national pride they call you you kind of have to go you know it's Egypt in that way before he was Liverpool superstar he was a young lad in Egypt so he needs to you know with dreams so he needs to think of that little boy through the same circumstances that he's going through the same thing and obviously I mean Mo Salary's won the Champions League now he's gonna win the Premier League as a sportsman I know footballers you don't really speak about the Olympics and being an Olympian and stuff but I know if he I mean if Egypt potentially win that it wouldn't be too bad to have a gold medal in the from the Olympics or even a bronze or something like you're you're technically an Olympian winning medalist um, a winning athlete sorry you're a Champions League winner you're almost the ultimate sports well you are the ultimate sportsman really you just need the World Cup really and truly um, obviously it'll probably be Salah I don't know if he'll call up El Nene and I don't know he'll who he will give the other one to maybe Sobia or something because I know he's Egyptian and plays for Stoke um, so it is what it is in that regards on a rather sad note people rather sad thing really La Liga wants the Spanish Football Association to punish Espanyol with a partial stadium closure after Bilbao forward Inaki Williams a couple of weeks ago was racially abused now it was nice I can't remember the team name but one of the in one of the fixtures that went there was a La Liga team who their fans you know, were clapping his for in a certain minute. They were clapping for Inaki Williams. It was the opposition, and they were surrounding him and not surrounding him literally, but surrounding him with love and and positive cheers and all of these things. People, um, is what it is. Now, if we if we're logical, Inaki Williams, a young male of of an immigrant family in Spain, he him and his family have probably gone through a lot of prejudice growing up. This is nothing new to him. This is probably one of the easiest things. Probably been called something more vulgar in his face. But it still doesn't hurt. It still doesn't hurt any less. It still hurts. This like it, it hurts. Like I don't even know specifically what it was. If it was monkey chance or whatever. All all I know is that he I, he he raised it to the attention of the Bilbao captain, and they told the referee. Um, and then obviously everything else took its course. Um, apparently he told Munyain, who told the referee people. It's sad, really and truly. Obviously, Espanyol, Barcelona-based club, and I've been to Barcelona. I think it's a lovely city. It's actually the best place I've been to in Europe. And one place I didn't feel like my skin colour was actually an issue, people, um, really. So I think they're letting down the Catalonian people with this nonsense, really. Apparently, the Spanish FA met on Wednesday in relation to this. Um, apparently, La Liga is, a, is attempting to identify the fans involved and bring criminal charges of hate crimes against them. And I, I think it a bit. I think find it very ironic that it's, it's from a Catalonian side in particular. Again, it's a bit different, but there's been wars over Catalonia and Spanish people. There's been wars of independence. You know how it feels to be spoken less of because people see you as less of a person in the same way black people have faced prejudice so are people specifically from catalonia to the point where you're campaigning and things so you would think seeing a marginalized group seeing have people looking down at you because of a language you speak or who you are or your, you, what you identify as you would think you'd have some sympathy or be able to just not be an ignorant dickhead really and truly sadly football brings out the idiotic people in life and football allows these idiots to hide Inaki Williams, keep your head up, man, because same way they're doing this, realistically, their daughters, their wives, 
any female in their family probably got posters of you you know what they say about us when how we do on a serious note shout out to everyone regardless of skin color who doesn't engage in this nonsense and in Aki Williams it's a war off a duck's back man and it's sad you're seeing racism in England where I live you're seeing racism in Italy you're seeing racism in Russia you're seeing it in Spain in Spain and whatnot and all of these things people guys it's mad if in Aki Williams got called up to Spain for the Euros and Spain got to the final and scored the winning goal they probably named their youths in Aki or something stupid people man but let's move away from that nonsense um, I'm not going to lie, people. Give me a second because I'd like to turn on my camera. Kai would make for some good YouTube content. One sec, you're going to hear a bag of noise. Come on. Yeah, apologies for that, people. Like I said, I was just turning on the camera. But moving away from speaking about Inaki Williams and these racist idiots, people. Um, let's crack on to Arsenal now. I'm not going to bore you with the same old su subject and same old topics, yeah? I'm going to present you an alternative sort of thing. Now, I'm in no way being pessimistic. I'm actually cool with the alleged signing of Cedric Suarez, you know. You're hearing that, I, I heard today that he can play. It didn't work out from at Inter Milan, and obviously it seems penny-pinching, but allegedly Arteta wanted someone who can play, you know, deputise and challenge Bellerin at right-back. Five, six million pound loan fee, and he could sign a four-year deal. You get it. If that's what Arteta wants, that's what he wants. Allegedly, he can play at left-back as well. So, obviously, that gives him something. I've got no problem with that. We needed a centre-half. Nobody saw us signing Mari from, from Brazil, the Spanish international. Areas have been addressed. But to another way that people could say we spent £10 million on two players, which are technically loans, um, for four months. Could that be labelled utterly ridiculous as top four has gone? Apparently, I mean, people might think there's it's doubtful either player could help us win any of any cups, and are they likely to be here for the long term? So does it really make sense? Really, I mean, it's, that's a bit. I mean, I saw that a tweet, someone tweeted, that and I thought I'll pose that to you, lot, and I think that's a bit harsh because I mean, Marie, it's down to him if he wants to be, you know, first team player, regular squad option. His ability will decide that, but he's twenty six. That's a good four years. When he gets to 30, you know, you keep him for two years and that. And he, when he declines, he declines sort of thing. Cedric Suarez, again, for him, his agent's done a good number if he gets a four-year deal. Because then, as a player, when you're in your 30s, you got to think about it logically. If you're a club and someone's, you sign a player in your 30s, in their 30s, within reason, unless it's FMI, Lionel Messi, are you going to give them a five-year deal? Does it make sense? It's cool for the player, but he's got a five-year deal. The bread's coming in. Do you get it? If it always takes hard not always because there's some older players that take care of their bodies better than youngers but you know it's harder to recover from injuries there's not really resale value and things like that he'll be tied down until he's 32 which is good work from him i don't really mind of course i wouldn't say none of them are necessarily inspiring signings it's not like i'm here and going oh, wow but that's you know that's nothing to do just that is it is what it is in that regards people it is what it is i don't care if a player's bought for 10 million alone or whatever i just want to see him competent if he's a right back can you offer us something in the attacking third can you defend properly when called upon marie obviously i want to see you do better than what we have i want to see you know can he ball with the modern game i and here he can play a high line of course ball playing all of that's probably prevalent and something arteta's kept an eye on but for me as a fan you're a defender can you defend can you hold a line can you track runners can you mark properly are you consistent do you get it what's your mentality like i don't care if a man's obviously if we signed a Van Dyke or Van Dyke in a, in a mad world, obviously that would make me stand up and go mad thing or, or something, people. But if, and I'm not saying, obviously I'm not saying Marie's same level regardless of price, clearly he's not. But if a man can come here and do a job and he's plugged a gap and we're down to our bones already, if he doesn't do a job, then we sit here and criticise when when needed. But right now I'm not cool. I'm happy with that because... Yeah, man, we've had stars at this club, not in defence. It would be lovely to spend the same way we spent 70 million on Pepe. Go out there and buy, bring in a top calibre centre-half. Um, but we've had big money signings and it hasn't, it hasn't necessarily brought us all success. We've got a big money signing that right wing and I love Pepe. Um, so if man can just come here and, and, you know, we need to plug gaps, really. Players have been dropping like flies all season. Touch wood, but in Arsenal's case, you know someone's going to get injured again. You know, say, people, something's going to happen to someone again. So you've got to be a bit logical in that, people. It could be seen as smart business, as, you know, we hear we ain't got money to spend. It could be seen as, you know, they're working in a tight budget and getting the best out. We also can't rule out that maybe with the contracts and maybe with Cedric Swart, whatever reason, we can't rule out that even before Arteta, the club wasn't sit there with a, sitting there with a whiteboard and saying, 
January, we're going on after Suarez, we're going after Marie, we've tried all these other guys. I'll give the club that leeway. On one hand, only time will tell. Obviously, if it's a, if it's a success, oh, it's smart business, it's this and that. If it's a failure, you know what would be said, people, because if you look at the signings of David Luiz, if you look at Lick Steiner, if you look at Denis Suarez, you almost get what you pay for in these sort of man people, really and truly. Um, not Mustafi's been playing well, not to scapegoat him, but to be fair, we spent a lot of money on Mustafi and we didn't do our, 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 our thing with him. I think the problem with Arsenal is that we haven't respected defending or seen defending as 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 important to, to doing these fancy passes just throughout the number of years, people. For the last, what, decade or so, really and truly. We've had great technical players. We had a decent back five. We've probably, in the last couple of years, as rubbish as the squad's been in terms of the squad's been better, but we ain't got top four. I've seen us get top four of worse people. Um... We're, we're struggling, but let's be honest, they're better attacking options and whatnot and probably better defensive options all over the side. But it's still a calamity. It's still a calamity. We need to respect defending and that only only changes with giving Leno a competent back four in front of him and addressing the spine of the side properly. Only time will tell, really and truly. In relation to Marie though, oh, sorry, before we get on to him, people, like I said, could prove could they clear stop gaps but it could be smart business on what we paid for they're both kind of relatively experienced marie's won the one obviously won titles in south america obviously suarez i don't know about any other things in his career but he was part of the euro side um of portugal who claimed the trophy as well so who knows i mean he did go to inter milan and it doesn't work it didn't work out so you have to wonder why it didn't work out for him there but moving away from that maria said i'm a very professional player I like working hard every day to achieve objectives. One thing I can control is working hard on a daily basis to help my teammates win matches and repay the faith that Arsenal and Mikel have shown by signing me to play here. And that's what you want to hear. He realises he's got a good chance. Go out there and make the most of it really and truly and go out there and have a decent career. He's also said and the bit I liked even more than that he said Mikel's transmitted a lot of confidence in me and that's good for me car. I don't know how much conversations they've had or to the degree they've had it or to the degree their previous relationship if they if they cross paths at City through both being previous employers. But just for me as a fan, Marie's been here two seconds. If he's already installed confidence and I hear that with existing players, that's what I like to see people because if he wants to work hard and repay the faith and he knows his manager believes in him and he's given him a belief already, people, we should be all right. Again, the only thing that will separate us from being all right is if we actually show we can win football matches and he's actually a good player that's how fickle it is but he said he's transmitted a lot of confidence in me he's a great coach he's changing things at, at a big club it's really important to have that personality to be able to take decisions at a big club during such a tricky time i think that speaks volumes about Mikel. now probably a lot of that is probably you know rubbing him up the right way and things like that um it is what it is i saw a a thing a thing as well people um apparent apparently in relation what kind of tip the balance for us getting cedric is obviously this is a i'll just read it out to you people cedric will provide direct competition to bellerin but the fact he is also able to fill in that left back makes him an attractive opposition arsenal have been looking at kazawa but cedric has already proven himself in the league and his wage demands are understood to be less so these things write it for it writing it for itself and also you hear arteta vetoed the signing of kazawa um you're hearing chelsea have bidded for 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 dre um dre's mertens and it's an 11 p.m transfer deadline so uh, if it's true they gotta get a move on but apparently he was offered to arsenal probably was by his agents and not just arsenal almost every team as agents should um apparently he was turned down um as we want younger players and i don't mind mertens but you don't want to keep getting man that can be good for a year or two it's all right to have a couple of stopgap signings but we're bringing potentially you can't have too many and arguably the most important players in our side or players that away from the young ones like Aubameyang you look at Lacar potentially just say David Luiz and Socrates because they're playing all the time they're getting on a bit so I'm not saying you need to I'm not saying when a man turns a certain age you need to get rid of them I'm talking about foresight and consistent planning you don't want to get it's good for them because if they get stuck on good wages you don't want to be stuck with players that are past it and tough to move on and you've got to let them ride out their deals people um so it is what it is in that regards. Torreira has spoken as well, people, in relation to Arteta. He said he wants us to be bold, to take risks. He wants us to be in continuous movement throughout the match. 
He wants us to try look look for those passing lines at any time during the match. And that's what we need to hear, people. That is what we need to hear. Couple more Arsenal things. And apparently our plans for our training camp in Dubai could be jeopardised by spreads of the deadliest Connor coronavirus which you've been hearing people I'm, I'm, I'm sure that come out of china but you know we don't want to take no risk with the club monitoring the situation amid rising concerns in the uae um, obviously we're trying to head there during the international break for training purposes to take advantage of you know that i think it'll be good bonding purposes with you know because it's, it's like a camp you're gonna be closer together right now you do your training you do you're there for a couple hours you say hello to Arteta you bust out you all bust out and leave each other but when you're with each other it's the camaraderie and for Arteta that's his first real bondage with the team um and for people forget football you need to look at it like brothers people forget football it's a lot it's about emotions and about mentally more than it's about the technical stuff people you have all the fucking tactics in the world pardon my language I'm getting a bit passionate um you can have all the tactics in the world but if you don't fight for each other, if you don't fight for your brothers, if you do not have that fear of letting your fellow man or woman or fans or whoever down, you will not succeed in football. I look at my grassroots days. I mean, Edmonton All-Stars and Norseman, I won grassroots titles. It's nothing. But we all wanted to be better than everybody ourselves. We all wanted to be better for ourselves, for the team. We all wanted to repay Darren, Black Pep Guardiola's faith. We all wanted to be winners. And I don't know about anyone, but speaking for myself, I loved competition, but I was scared of competition. I find it, I used to find it as a footballer fucking embarrassing to be on a subs bench. You ask anyone about me, I, it's still to this day if I'm ever on the bench you don't feel like I've played people and it took me a while to get over that obviously and that's in my own coaching ambitions that's something I'm going to have to deal with benching players because I hated that the fear of the bench and we had I was the best right back like Arts Darren he'll tell you um, and, and if you got me on snap I've got him to say that once but you know, there was a couple of times I weren't at the best of my games. I'll be at training and like, I'll be. I'll think I've trained well. Sundays come hearing names read out. I'm, I'm not hearing DG. Like, I'm like, rah, like, what's going on the bench and that? What did I do in training? It was the fear of 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 that. It was that was driving me. I wanted to start. I played right back and left back, but there was two. Well, basically three, six man. Basically, there was two players that me and Romario could play on either side. But you know, two fighting for right back, two fighting for left back. Do you get what I'm saying, people? And it was that fear. Um, need to get that brotherly love um people because you're with each other it's a close-knit bunch you're going to be bonding with the fans out there and that all helps because arteta's already got them bonded and on the same you know on the same wavelength and things like that but we need to see what it's on because i mean you look at marie he said when you build a good group and have a coaching philosophy like Mikel's, i think he can completely change arsenal and the current dynamic around the team i think as a coach he has everything it takes to achieve that Plus, he has a very good side with top players. Now, obviously, a bit of that's lip service, but you get where he's going with that. Um, in, in relation to Arsenal transfer news, the Daily Mail is saying Arsenal and Wolves are among the clubs weighing up a move for PSV's under-18 starlet, Nonema Duque. Now, a lot of people... A lot of people talk like they know players. I don't claim to know every player. But if you watch my thing consistently, you've seen me speak about this lad. I'm sure he's made his PSV debut. I'm sure he made, in, in the same year as well, he made his reserve team debut. I've watched him play for under-17s at England. I've watched him at Spurs before he turned down their scholarship. And he's a player. I think the best thing for him is to stay at PS3. Stay there. Because as much as I want him at, our, at my club, you've you got Saka, you've got Martinelli, you've got all these other duns. PSV, they got this the same logic. But you're more likely to get games you grow if you want to move back to the premier league it can happen for you i will take him but i think that's 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 what he should do and um, he does obviously he's still raw people he's extremely raw he's what 17 years of age but he can take a man on he's, he plays with his head up he's very positive he knows when to pass it and when to and when to try take a man on obviously it's about fine-tuning that getting greater consistency potentially bulking up a bit but he is a very decent player and the under 17s and under 18s there's some Serious players, man. Celtics, Dembele, I really like this year. I mean, Jude Bellingham's the worst unkept secret. There's mad players about, man. Charlie Patino, same logic. There's some monsters from under-15s to under-18s for England specifically. you got um, Muslara, I can never pronounce his name, former Chelsea by Munich, lad. There's some hitters coming up, people. Trust me, we've got some good players, and he's going to hope he's one of them, and I would take him. But for me, as non-biased as it is, and as an, Ars as, as an Arsenal fan, of course, but as someone who loves youth football, as you lot know, the best thing is to do is to stay at PSV. Moving away from that 
and someone that's already at the club. Apparently, Danny Ceballos will stay on loan at Arsenal. He believes he'll be able to reverse his situation and end up being an important footballer in the new coach's scheme. Now, there's four months left of the season. You could still have a part to play, still have that positive end. Apparently, the 21 minutes he got given against Bournemouth has dramatically boosted his morale. I mean, 21 minutes against Bournemouth. I mean, come on now. Um Apparently, you know, we already heard Madrid didn't want to get rid of my man. Um, didn't want him to cancel his contract, um, his temporary contract at Arsenal. Apparently, we didn't want to get rid of a player who was not only the personal request of Emre, but also Raul Sanye. So is Sanye's pride on the line? Did Sabayos' agents and things try and get him out and there was no interest from other clubs? I doubt it because you heard Valencia, Batiste and you would imagine there'd be a respectable amount of clubs that were in for him. Spurs fans are probably laughing at us, but if Spurs and Arsenal were in for you and you heard AC Milan, then you can imagine you get something. Um, so hopefully, if it is true, he knuckles down, does his thing, and, and you know he tries to move forward in that regards, people. Because we need—I mean, we ain't seen the best from him in any regards. Um, moving away from that, we might as well speak about some transfers briefly. Let's big up Spurs, man. I, I, I can't, I can't lie, man. You gotta give Spurs credit. I've signed for Spurs, Stephen Burgin. I can't say his name, but I've signed for Spurs. Um, what made me sign for Spurs is to be closer to home. For those who don't know, you lot keep spamming my comments saying I look like him. And I'm seeing Pepe. I see Ella Dunge. You lot, I don't know if you lot remove racist, but all black youths look the same now. But um, is what it is. But on a serious note, they've signed him. He's played 16 times this season, scored five goals. He hasn't been at his best this year, but it's still a respectable return. If you look at, I think on the other page, I'm lying to you guys. Oh, here we go. Looking at his numbers, um, for this season, he either scores or makes a goal every 89 minutes in, in Holland. And he has the third best of such that in the competition behind Tadic, which has 70, which is basically the same ratio, but in 78 and ZH of 79. Um, apparently, his contributions to go in this way, either scoring or creating, is also improving season on season. 17-18, he got eight goals, eight assists. He produced a goal contribution every 136 minutes. Last season, he got 14 goals, 12 assists, and it was every 110 minutes. Um, the number of goal attempts he has per 90 minutes is down 2.36% this season, um, which is down from consistently being at around 2.98%. Um, so, I mean, he'll be a good option for Spurs. He can play as a 10. He can play on either flank. He likes to probably come inside more than take people down the white down the flanks it's down to him to improve and go up a level but i'm a big fan of him obviously i would be and you've got to give spurs credit i mean lacelso probably second half of the year looks like he's gonna move all right now made his perm his deal permanent um talk of bringing in hoisberg probably spurs fans want an out and out striker of some sorts to come in as well um they've obviously got gedson fernandez on loan apparently danny danny rose is going on loan so we'll have to see I think you have to give Newcastle a bit of credit as well because they got that Lazaro guy on loan from Inter Milan. He's fairly positive dribbler, dribbler. They've got Danny Rose on a season-long loan. They've they re-signed Bentaleb for their midfield, and he, you know he's falling off a bit, but um, he's a decent player. So that's decent business from Newcastle, really and truly. Um, apparently, United and Spurs are still in contact for Monaco striker Islam Stumani. So that one probably run down to the wire. Giroud apparently has agreed provisional terms with Lazio for a three and a half year deal, which you shouldn't be trying to give that Giroud to, to Giroud. But apparently he's not fully sold on such idea yet. 100% people. Manchester City are allegedly trying to sign Skriniar and are willing to pay 80 million, which I mean, certain teams in Manchester paid 80 for Maguire, so it ain't too bad. Apparently Crystal Palace are in talks to sign Jared Bowen from Fulham. I keep saying Fulham from Hull for 16 million. And it's about time a team took a chance on him. I'm not going to lie, I think he's a good player, but last two games I saw from him, he weren't the best against Chelsea and the other, but I think he's a decent player. There's been worse players that have been afforded an opportunity to cut their teeth in the Championship people. I mean, above the Championship into the Premier League. He can play as a striker, he can play on either flanks, which he played on the right against Hull. He likes to drift into the 10. He could be a good, decent little player, man. He's worth a try. Um, obviously, Barcelona allegedly had an 80-odd million pound bid, 85 actually, turned down for for Richarlison which is a madness um apparently Spurs are trying to extend Aurier's contract which is quite crazy a young defender I once had my eyes on Jean Marceline apparently is leaving Oxe for Monaco for 10 million so I'm gonna definitely be there and they signed Tushimani from Bordeaux today as well another midfielder I've got my eyes on um um, like I said earlier, apparently Chelsea have opened talks with Napoli to sign Mertens. He's available for six million, apparently. 
apparently Wolves and <laughs> Wolves and Roma are trying to go for Gareth Bale. That's clearly nonsense. Apparently Barcelona are still trying to sign a striker before deadline day after the injury to Suarez. Although I have seen conflicting reports that that's not the case anymore. Um, apparently Atletico Madrid have refused to offer PSG more than 15 million euros, which is in pounds, 12.6 mil for Cavani. Um, so they probably just wait until he becomes a free agent, but they probably face competition from David Beckham's new MLS football franchise, Inter, Inter Miami. Apologies, people, because they have made a bid for him and they're probably going to need a marquee player if they're a new club. With that being said, you've seen Hertha Berlin have gone after Spurs target Piatek, the striker. Um, and you've also heard Spurs have quashed their talks to sign William Jose. And that's all uh, courtesy of Fingy of the BBC. <laughs> I don't know if this is true, but 34-year-old Solomon Kalou has been linked with West Ham. I mean, this isn't 012. And I mean, when he used to be linked with Arsenal all the time, I'd probably leave that one alone. Apparently, Ignis Haggy, the son of obviously the famous Haggy, and I've seen him play at the Under-21s Championship last summer, is going to be joining Gerard at Glasgow Rangers on loan. And he'll, apparently he'll be on the flight. Big blow for Chelsea. 19-year-old England defender Tariq Lampety, who made his, I think he made his official debut against us. Right back is keeping it moving and has a pre-contract with Leo, who obviously have agreed a deal for him to come in the summer, but would very much like him to come now. Um, and it'd be a bit of blow for Chelsea. Aspilina Quetta isn't going to have too long left there. And you'd imagine Reese James and Lampety are two good options. Lampety really should be playing first team football week in, week out this year somewhere. He's 19, he's good enough to play. So he should be, well, with his contract, he was never going out on loan. And that's been somewhere, you've seen PSG linked with him a lot of teams. He needs to go out and play, man. And it's a bit of blow to Chelsea. Apparently, well, it looks like Emre Jean will be staying at Juventus because apparently Arsenal and Dortmund have pulled away from that. Um... You've got a rate match Sheffield United as well for signing Sandra Burge, boy, big signing, can play football, six foot four, played in the Champions League, resale value there because he's about 2021. 20, big up Sheffield United for that signing. Apparently, Ravel Morrison is leaving them to go Middlesbrough. Um, yeah, there's not much. There's nothing else really and truly. That's all my Bur Arsenal versus Burnley preview. I ain't gonna lie, I'm gonna record that tomorrow, people. I'm kind of tired, but I don't think we actually spoke about the Premier League games to come this week, or did we? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I don't think we spoke about Arsenal Burnley though, and Arsenal Burnley, obviously, Burnley away from home at Turf Moor is gonna be a tough game. I want us to win. We need to start winning games. I hope we win. Burnley, obviously, for me, through doing my little research, they're decent from set pieces, but it's about the not only the first ball. The first and second balls clear our lines. If we win, if they win first ball, the first headers in set pieces. Make sure we do not lose the second because that's where a lot of goals come from. I think their positioning on the counter attack is allows them to be susceptible, and we need to not only press their their defense. We need to be decisive. We need to play quick. I, I think we need to be brave. Not brave in in that we need to make tackles. I think we've got to take shots. I think they're there on the counter attack, but. It's always a difficult game at Turf Moor for us. We won there last year. Eddie Nketiah scored his first Premier League goal. Forgive me if I'm wrong there. Might put a bet on Lightning to strike twice in that regards. Um, so we'll see what happens in that regards. But in relation to the deluded podcast people and whatnot, I always appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure you check out my YouTube content. If this, if this is the first time you're listening to my podcast, make sure you're, you, know, you follow it on the Spotify if that's what you're doing. Google Podcasts, if that's what you're doing. Apple Podcasts, if that's what you're doing. Check out the YouTube content. At this point, you just type in Deluded Guna. You will find everything. My links to all my socials are in all the other descriptions. So I'm not hard to find people, really and truly. So on that note, there's not much more to add. 